Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 102. Afternoon, young man, he said with an avuncular chuckle as he passed Shadow. Cold enough for you? He walked back across the street and took gray sacks and envelopes from people coming to deposit their earnings or their takings on this Saturday afternoon. A fine old security man in his funny pink earmuffs. Shadow bought some things to read. Turkey hunting, people, and because the cover picture of Bigfoot was so endearing, the Weekly World News and stared out of the window. "'Anything I can do to help?' asked a middle-aged black man with white mustache. He seemed to be the manager. "'Thanks, man, but no, I'm waiting for a phone call. My girlfriend's car broke down.' "'Probably the battery,' said the man. "'People forget those things only last three, maybe four years. It's not like they cost a fortune.' "'Tell me about it,' said Shadow. "'Hang in there, big guy,' said the manager, and he went back into the supermarket. The snow had turned the street scene into the interior of a snow globe, perfect in all its details.' Shadow watched, impressed. Unable to hear the conversations across the street, he felt it was like watching a fine, silent movie performance, all pantomime in expression. The old security guard was gruff, earnest, a little bumbling perhaps, but enormously well-meaning. Anyone who gave him their money walked away a little happier from having met him. And then the cops drew up outside the bank and Shadow's heart sank. Wednesday tipped his cap to them and ambled over to the police car. He said his hellos and shook hands through the open window and nodded, then hunted through his pockets until he found a business card and a letter, and passed them through the window of the car. Then he sipped his coffee. The telephone rang. Shadow picked up the handpiece and did his best to sound bored. A1 Security Services, he said. Can I speak to A. Haddock? asked the cop across the street. This is Andy Haddock speaking, said Shadow. Yeah, Mr. Haddock, this is the police, said the cop in the car across. And that's our page. Page here is really where it starts to feel like Wednesday's dancing on some pretty thin ice, uh, perhaps even a tap dance routine. He's directly across from the supermarket where his accomplice is waiting, and on top of that, he set it to set the phone number on the business card to ring the phone directly across the street, and then he comes across the street and even acknowledges his accomplice all within. You know, it's it's all within a pretty small amount of space. Sure, it's Chicago, so there's going to be a certain amount of distance across the street from one place to another, but man, that's pretty ballsy. I think it's it's also, it seems like he's doing such a fine bit of motion that when the car drives up, the police car drives up, it's definitely a sinking feeling for us as well as readers, or it was for me. It It seems like, oh, he must have gone too far with it, and now everybody's screwed. Shadow's a bit mysterious through the early parts of the novel and doesn't have a lot of outward emotion and the big reactions he does have as the novel carries on usually are more related to the crazy things happening to him. And I think it's because of this that it, it can be difficult to get a feel for him as a protagonist. I think here it's it's when we really start to, at least I really started to take a shine to him. There was some moment when he was facing Chernobog and Checkers, or when he was being kind to the Zorias, or, I mean, just in general, I've I've kind of liked him because he was that quiet, stoic guy, and he also seemed to have a lot of emotions and a lot of things going on behind the surface. And so this page where, where I started really to worry about him a little bit, and then the next one where uh, we see how he does his Andy Haddock, I think it's really when I started to like him as a character and started to be more invested in his journey beyond being kind of sad that his wife was dead, even though I didn't have that much of a relation to him or his wife. People mentioned on the page, a popular celebrity magazine first published in 1974. In 1974, a single issue would have cost 35 cents. 
I wasn't able to find a magazine called Turkey Hunting or Turkey Hunter or similar things. There's Turkey and Turkey Hunting, so it could be that Neil just needed a name for a magazine and just went with the obvious, or there could have been one published in 2001. There are so many magazines published every year, even though magazines are supposedly dead. It's just kind of crazy, really. I, I used to work in a bookstore, and so... You would think you'd be done with magazines for the week, and then someone would bring you, you know, 20, 30 boxes of new magazines that you'd then have to try and find a place for on the shelf. It was not an enjoyable experience most of the time. Mention of Bigfoot on the cover of uh, Weekly World News is the first mention we get for a cryptid in the book, I think. I don't recall it being a superbly important element of the novel. We do have supernatural elements, though, like leprechauns and fairies and other sorts of things mentioned or directly appearing. So Bigfoot doesn't seem that far out, but I still think that Bigfoot, especially weekly world news Bigfoot, almost seems too crazy for the novel, really. The Weekly World News was a fictional tabloid published from the late 70s until 2007, though as of 2009 they do run stories exclusively online. Sample cover stories included Garden of Eden Found, as well as First Photos of Heaven, and Saddam and Osama Adopt Shaved Ape Baby. There's plenty more out there, and what's really remarkable is that any of those that I just read, I could have just made up, or they could have been really good photoshops, or even just halfway decent photoshops of what the covers looked like, and I wouldn't know the difference, and I don't know that you would either. It's remarkable how ridiculous and far out that magazine was, and how it just it went for 40 years. It's, it's something to really, it's, it's something to make you reconsider your life choices, I think. Shadow's cover story provided by Wednesday is that he's waiting for his girlfriend to call because her car is broken down and he needs to know where to meet her. Of course, if this was now, he would have a cell phone or she would have a cell phone and he wouldn't have to hang around the grocery store. He could just go home. So it's, it's definitely one part of the book that sort of relies on having taken place in the late 90s, early 2000s, before cell phones were literally everywhere. I do think it's also interesting that the grocery store manager suggests that it could be the battery, which gives Shadow fuel to work with in a few pages. He answers the phone from the, he answers the phone call rather from police as Andy Haddock, short for Andrew. The name comes from the Greek Andreas, meaning brave or manlike. If I remember, we can discuss how fitting the name is in about 370 something pages. I. I don't actually have a physical note, so I may miss that. I also noticed that I did not define a word as I was going, so avuncular, relating to an uncle or a relationship between men and the sibling's children. So here we're getting we're getting a a pretty eh, an indirect reference to Shadow's uh, parentage, his his father being a god, so then that would indeed make Wednesday sort of like an adopted uncle at this point. It's it's one of those things I don't know that I would have noticed. I I don't know that I ever knew what avuncular meant. I think it can also be more generally kind to a younger person, like an older person to a younger person, but specifically uh, from Latin, avunculus, maternal uncle. So the direct definition is certainly uncle, and probably what we're getting here, it could also just be Yes, he's an older man being kind to a younger man as well. You can get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember...
Only the gods are real.